0: Welcome to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Dela Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community on Facebook. And if you're on Instagram, I also just launched a new account at Wayne Dyer Wisdom. You can find all my social media links and more details about this podcast at nadiadelacruz.com. Now, my guest today is an artist, musician, and singer songwriter. She recently shared a video of one of her new songs in the Facebook group, and that was inspired by this quote from Dr. Wayne Dyer Loving people live in a loving world, hostile people live in a hostile world. Same world. And her song was so beautiful and so inspiring that I invited her to come on the podcast and I want to share it with you here. So we're gonna do something a little bit differently and I'm gonna play her song for you and then you'll get to meet her. This song is titled You Get to Choose by Sarah Dion Brooks.
1: Bitterness and hate Others learn to let go While some choose to live in their pain Others use their pain to grow Some act out in anger Others live to be kind How will we understand each other If we choose to stay blind because we live in the same world Just looked at from a different point of view There is something good or something bad Depending on what lens you're looking through How does it make you feel When you focus on the things that you do If you only see the bad Step outside yourself and see it from a different point of view It's up to you You get to choose the kind of world that you see It's up to you You get to choose the kind of person you'll be You get to choose Make a difference every day What kind of difference do you make? It matters what you do and you say Whether you give or do you take It's not about what happens It matters how you respond Is it out of fear or is it out of love That you see inside yourself and beyond? Cause we live in the same world Just looked at from a different point of view There is something good or something bad Depending on what lens you're looking through How does it make you feel When you focus on the things that you do If you want to see the bad Step outside yourself see it from a different point of view it's up to you you get to choose the kind of world that you see it's up to you you get to choose the kind of person you'll be you get to choose you get to choose If You want the world to change You gotta change the way you see it If you want to see the good Then you gotta go out there and be it Be the good, share the love Be the change, rise above There is hope, hope for peace And hope for love It's up to you You get to choose the kind of world that you see It's up to you You get to choose the kind of person you'll be. You get to choose.
0: Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Thank you so much. It's an honor to be
0: here. So I was... um... I review all the posts that come on to the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community. And so I watched your video before, before anybody else got to see it in the group. And I was just like, wow, this is so incredible. Now there's a lot of, I want to say kind of tribute work to Dr. Wayne Dyer, but there was so much heart and talent into what you put out there that I was like, I got to ask her if she can come on. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for asking. (laughs) So, um, You actually wrote in that post, I wrote this song last month and have really been wanting to share it. I was inspired by the Wayne Dyer quote that says, loving people live in a loving world, hostile people live in a hostile world, same world. The words we think become our reality. What are we choosing to hold our thoughts on? What are we choosing to see? This song is a reminder that it is a choice. So." what how did this song come to you because i feel like inspiration kind of comes as a download sometimes um what inspired you to write this song
2: i write music and sometimes inspiration comes in different forms sometimes it's in a dream or sometimes it's just sitting at the piano um sometimes it's pouring out pain i mean there's there's a lot of different ways that i've been finding inspiration and this song was written i think in December, November, December time period, and just the unrest of everything that's been happening. And I felt sad and heaviness in my heart. And I remember sitting at the piano and I was playing around with some chords, and I, that, that Wayne Dyer quote has stuck with me for years since the first time I ever saw it. And I thought, wow, in just those few words, it's up to me. Like, I could look at the world anyway, and that, that's what I'm going to see. And so that's really what it, it poured out from was thinking on the words that have really impacted me the most, and that was one of the quotes that did. So I i just sat at the piano, and and that's what happened. It came pretty quickly. That song came pretty quickly, and it, and you, like you said, it was kind of like a download. Sometimes I'm pretty excited about how quickly I'm inspired, and sometimes when I'm trying too hard, I'm like, oh, not, it's not right now. It's not right now, so...
0: timing's got to be right. Yeah, there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. So um, also for me in creative work, sometimes I find I'm not a musician, but I do other (laughs) creative things. Sometimes I find that like, I'll get this amazing idea. And there's all this energy behind it. And I'm really excited. And I know this is something I want to bring out into the world. And I assume it's going to be like, weeks and sometimes it's years before Mm -hmm. it actually kind of fully comes out but i feel like the timing is always just right
2: it is that actually just happened to me last week or maybe it's been two weeks now time is kind of flowing right now into each other but i was for the last two years i've been wanting to write a song called the journey and I knew what it was going to be about. It was going to be about how we really need to be in the moment and live today and be grateful for everything around us. But I just couldn't, it wouldn't come for, for two years. And then the other day, once again, playing with chords and I'm like, okay. And I just shut my eyes. I'm like, what do I need to say? What, what is the message that needs to be said? And all of a sudden this one just flew. And I was like, that's the journey. It's the journey. It's time. It's time. Mm -hmm. It took me two years for that one to come. So I, I totally agree with you. I love that inspiration works that way.
0: Yeah, we we really can't force it. Unfortunately, no. um, I think everybody from you know Shakespeare and you know all, all the greats that we can think of, like I, they had those too. Like sometimes you're inspired, sometimes you're not. You can't you can't really force it. Do you meditate? I do. I feel like a lot can come through when you you sit in that receptive space. I know that's something that Dr. Wayne Dyer did. In fact, a lot of his writing he would do in the very early morning hours, he'd go to his sacred writing space Mm -hmm. and he had, you know, pictures of people who inspired him and he would sit and he would let it come. But if it wasn't coming, right, you sit in meditation and that that fosters that flow, that that listening and I think that's true for so many things. Yeah. You got to let spirit speak.
2: (laughs) Yes. And I, you know, meditation is somewhat of a new thing. It's, I've only been doing it for the last two and a half years and it's been a journey in itself and Mm -hmm. my mind has a lot going on. And so I, I listened to a lot of guided meditations, mm-hmm. and have just recently really been trusting just breathing and allowing, and that's newer for me. So I'm really excited about that journey. I know it's been a stepping stone for me because I wasn't ready in the beginning, and so I would just spend time and time again finding these beautiful teachers on the mm-hmm. app that I use, and I just, I'm so grateful for those to calm down my voices in my head. Mm. So um, yes, I'm excited to continue that journey, but I have been inspired while, in, while uh, meditating several times, like very inspired, and it was, it was pretty exciting, so...
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite guided meditation? Um,
2: I listen to Insight Timer is the app Mm -hmm. that I use. And my favorite is Sarah Blondin, anything by her pretty much. Um, Mm. She really helped me just really through some stages of, um, I think one is I'd like to give you permission. That's one of my favorites. And Mm. I actually wrote a song. It was, I don't know if you want to hear this story or not, Yeah. (laughs) but um, I had a dream One night and Hugh Jackman was in this dream, which he doesn't visit my dreams very often, but he was in my dream getting ready to go on stage. And he was, he was getting ready to perform and he looks out from behind the curtain and realizes that he's, he's in a prison and there's no, no prisoners there to watch him. It's just desolate and there's rocks. And it was really frustrating for him. And he threw the curtain back and he's like, that's it. It's time for me to come out from behind the curtain and be true to who I am and like I heard the words I was like oh my gosh that's so cool so all day I was kind of like that's so cool I, I know I'm gonna have to write a song about this well later that afternoon I was laying there with my daughter and she was a freshman in high school at the time and she had, had a rough day at school and I'm like let's listen to a meditation let's just listen to one so I I scrolled through and I had listened to it before but I didn't remember you know what she had said in it and I just scrolled up to that one that I'd like to give you permission and I push play and within the first minute and a half she says I'd like to give you permission to come out from hiding I'd like to give you permission to come out from behind the curtain. And I was like, oh my gosh, twice in one day behind the curtain. And so I wrote a song, which is, is not released yet, but it's, it's really interesting because I wrote that in February of last year. And the very first line (sighs) of it is we put the mask on when you walk out the door, nobody sees me like they did before or or something like that. Oh my this gosh. was before we had to wear
0: masks. Yeah, I was nobody was and, wearing masks in February. No, in fact, I think in no. March they were telling us not to. It wasn't mm-hmm. until maybe April that they were like, yeah, maybe we should start wearing masks now. Yeah, well, yeah. the song is
2: not about that kind of mask. And now everyone's right. going to think, oh, wow, we do. And, and honestly, I guess there's truth to that because people can't see us mm-hmm. how we are behind our masks. So mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I I love that kind of inspiration too. That that excites me.
0: Yeah, our understanding of the word mask has definitely changed. Um, so mm-hmm. I got two little kids, and they have these superhero masks, right? The kind that just goes over the eyes. But we're so used to putting on our masks anytime we leave the house. And so I was talking to my kids, and I was like, "Here's your mask." And my daughter's like, "That's not a mask. <laughs> that goes over your eyes." And I'm like. Oh, how quickly it changes for these little ones and she's only four so you know she's growing up through the pandemic which is Mm -hmm. kind of heartbreaking um it is what it is but it's definitely different from what i thought their childhood was was going to be like so definitely yeah it's been a very unusual Year, mm-hmm. um, I think it does foster creativity. Uh, this podcast was started last April, mm-hmm. so that was born in the in the time of quarantine. I guess we kind of still are in the time of quarantine. But um, how have how has what we've been going through as a world, or what you've been going through individually, impacted your music?
2: I think things have shifted when. Well, one, I'm not performing live as often. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in Oregon, and we've they've clamped down pretty hard. And in the summertime, it was open, and I was able to sing at a lot of wineries and you know some local places. But the festivals and fairs were shut down, so things have changed in that sense. So when the quarantine first started, I, I just want to lift people. I want to spread light. That's just what I want to do. I want to help people. And so I started doing on my Sarah Deon Brooks Facebook page. I started doing live um videos and mm-hmm. I would get on there every day and do a song or two and I did it almost every day for about 80 days almost wow um and' that's it was a great so practice. much <laughs> fun. it was such a great practice because all of a sudden I'm being challenged I would take requests and all of a sudden I'm like I'm doing stairway to heaven with this jazzier style because I I mean it's me and the piano and I'm a vocalist first and I play piano to accompany myself um and that's a practice in itself and I love the piano and so it's been really fun taking songs like stairway to heaven or some bon Jovi or other metallica songs or whatever and just taking them and twisting them to make them mine like sweet child mm-hmm. of mine that was one of my favorite ones to sing
0: That's a and good so one. all
2: of a sudden yeah and so all of a sudden when the wineries did open again and i was saying i was playing you know the 3 hours i was like man i have so much music which ones do i choose now because there's so much and uh, sometimes i shy away from singing original music because i just want to entertain people and i know i'm not always being watched for a concert Um, and interestingly enough, last January 11th, I had a concert at a little theater here in our town and it was sold out and it was all original music. And I got to share the stories behind each song. And it was my favorite performance I've ever been able to do because people were listening and I got to share the stories behind the songs and open up a part of me. And so it's, it's made me brave a little bit more of performing my music more regularly. So I don't know if that really answered your question. (laughs)
0: Um, no, it's it's fascinating to think about the journey, like you talk about January, and mm-hmm. I think about what I was doing in January and February, and it's like, <laughs> it's so ominous, kind of, because it's like the things that we were doing, and the things that I was doing ended up being perfect for what was to come. It kind of set me up, and I was able mm-hmm. to do some things I couldn't have done later on, but we didn't see it coming, um, but that performance, it sounds like you had... An opportunity to put so much of yourself out there in a way that people could really receive and experience and be receptive to so i hope that you've been able to carry that through all this time of not being able to to perform live are you still um not able to perform live i don't think we're having any opportunities Um, for that there's there's
2: ways um i have a couple gigs this next month but they're far away from people and it's Uh, masks required and things like that. So, I mean, I do have a few coming and there's, you know, the wineries and things, some of them are still open, but they have to have um, outdoor seating. Nobody Mm -hmm. can be indoors and it's winter, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a little cold, but people are making it happen. And so there is some of that, but I really look at, I look at everything as an opportunity. If something happens that shifts like i had a lot of shows cancel last year when that happened i said okay well what else can i do there's this is opening up time for me to do something else and so in that time in 2020 i got my nlp certification and became a transformational in healing coach and started working with clients over zoom and it has been this beautiful journey so i, I started the inner garden center for the mind body and soul as another a channel to help people heal because i know how much and nlp totally speaks to my heart because it's all about programming and reprogramming your mind and your thought process mm-hmm. which is all about wayne dyer right like that's so, so much what of, does
0: uh what does nlp stand for it stands for neuro-linguistic programming
2: okay and my interpretation of that is that we are all as we are raised as children we start to process life we see life and make our own assumptions of what everything means we're, we're trying to figure out what life is and in doing so these thoughts are put into our head now that may be something that adults said teacher said parents said or that might have just been our little brains figuring things out well that planted these beliefs in our mind and that that has carried on throughout our life and so so much of how mm-hmm. we've responded to life is based on those belief systems and so what we do with the coaching program and Neuralistic Programming is going in there and really listening and becoming mindful of the things that you're telling yourself and grabbing a hold of them and realizing, um, oh, that's a little low energy. How can I make this different? Like, I don't want, like, I don't want to be fat. Well, what do you want? Well, I want to be in shape and be healthy, you know? So mm-hmm. when you say, I want to be healthy and in shape, that really makes you feel good. Where if you're complaining and you know, saying, and, and Wayne Dyer always talks about this stuff. So it's just, it's just right in alignment with everything that he had taught. But I, I just love it. I love how empowered I felt. I love how much it's helped the clients that I have helped so far of just really being able to own their life and make their truth what they want, not what they thought, you know, just Mm -hmm. like the song enough, for example, that I wrote is all about, I was feeling like I wasn't enough. And why was i feeling like i'm not enough there's some reason in my head oh it's because you know i think other people are better than me or they don't think they don't care what does it matter there's a voice that every once in a while comes up and that says who the freak do you think you are who cares you know yeah and that comes up and it's just like i've just got to stop and say well i'm doing this for me this is my journey this is my truth and it'll touch someone out there even if i never know about it it will touch somebody and hopefully start spreading them or sending them to the direction of their life that they need for healing. And I may never know them and I ne- may never meet them. Um, just like I, I never met Wayne Dyer in this life. So, but he's touched my life and other amazing authors have touched my life. So yeah, it's been a really beautiful journey. And so I've, I've just taken advantage. And, and if a client cancels, I'm like, great, I'll work on a song. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or um, I write meditations as well. And so I, I just, I have so many beautiful projects that all kind of have to do with the same thing. But the music is my passion. The music is is something I've been involved with my whole life. I've been singing since I was a a kid, performing since 2010. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I think
0: one of the best survival skills, especially it's being tested now, is the ability to constantly reinvent ourselves, right? That let's say your job becomes obsolete, not yours specifically, but like Mm -hmm. let's say you're you're working in a factory and, and that factory job is now replaced by something else. Well, do you just, fall down and that's it and I give up. Or do you go okay well what skills do i have that i could use in another way or what need is there that that i can fulfill or what's calling at my heart so absolutely yeah i totally agree with that wayne dyer oh that's like wayne dyer 101 saying you know (laughs) focus on what you want not what you don't want that your thoughts are the currency for your life that Mm -hmm. what you focus on expands so you know and it's really just sort of flipping the script a little bit like you could say oh you know, I um <laughs> I don't want to be judged or you could say, I I want to feel more love in my life, right? Those yes. are those are like two sides of the same thing. And then mm. that that voice you talk about, you know, Wayne would would describe that as the voice of the ego, the uh-huh. ego that tells us, You are what you have, you are what you do, you are what other people think of you. I think it's that critic. And we mm. all have it. Yes. I'd like to think that we could like just remove it at some point but it sounds like the best we can do with that is just to kind of not pay so much attention to it not give it so much weight in our lives like yeah i hear you i'm gonna do this anyway i'm gonna do it anyway because i believe in my worth well and one of the
2: things um through nlp is honoring the emotions as well Is like i'm feeling really anxious right now and rather than saying i am anxious just say i feel anxious because it's not Mm -hmm. what i am it's not who i am It's what I'm feeling right now. And I really believe that the emotions are trying to tell us something. And so when I can get out of that moment, like I'll go meditate or I'll sit down and I'll try to stay away from the chocolate (laughs) because I used to just go to the chocolate
0: when I felt anxious. Oh, I think chocolate's (laughs) a valid therapy. Let's not knock chocolate. (laughs) It might have been Skittles or something, but either way, it
2: was sugar, which I know is not good for me. But um, I've really been trying to really listen and figure out what it is that I am What I'm feeling because especially the more I help clients, I I'm reading this stuff all the time because I'm going through it with them. And so I'm able to practice it a lot more, which is really, really nice. And so, um, I had read in a book by Elizabeth Gilbert called big magic. And a couple of years ago, and she was talking about, and I honestly don't remember what emotion she was talking about. I thought it was fear. But she was saying you know like pretending like you're driving in the car you can hear it you can hear it talk and it can tell you this you know it's trying to protect you but just mm-hmm. say hey i got it under control i'm the one driving right now but we got I, this it's yeah all right. <laughs> but i do believe our emotions are here to teach us and mm-hmm. if we can just learn that then we can learn from them and then we'll be able to process them a lot faster rather than let them take over you know mm-hmm. i just got off a tony robbins conference and they were talking about mastering your emotions and becoming the master of your emotions is such a powerful thing rather than letting them control you so i just yeah. love all of all of these teachers these spiritual teachers just make me so happy they all see they keep feeding me the same things in just a different way so i love it
0: yeah i totally geek out on that stuff too <laughs> i i like everything from hay house pretty much and oh, yeah. um so many others really but i I, I just love thinking about those things and like how does the mind work and what power do we have in our lives and what's our what's our sense of purpose what's our sense of meaning what what mm-hmm. do we what brings us fulfillment and why are we here and um, spirituality for me answers a lot of those questions so it's been a passion of mine Wayne Dyer is the one who opened that door for me I discovered mm-hmm. him as a teenager. And um, so that I was a very young age to be introduced to those topics and, and I carried it with me for the rest of my adult life. So yeah, I mean, I've been, um, he was teaching since before I was around, but you know, like for my whole life, I've been following what, what he was putting out there and that's been really, really helpful for me. So this coaching that you're doing for NLP, can you tell me more about what kind of services you have and where people can um, sign up for that?
2: yes so i have a facebook page called the inner garden center and i also have a website called the inner center or get inner garden um, i call it the inner garden because we are working on pulling out the weeds of negativity and thinking and planting seeds of love and peace mm. and calm within us and so we're really trying to cultivate our our own inner garden And so I share a lot of positive quotes on Facebook, things that have spoke to me, spoken to me. Um, so I, what it is is a 14 week coaching program. And every week we have a different, uh, session that is kind of goes along the line of planting a garden, you know? So Mm -hmm. like the first week, um, anyway, I have 14 different subjects. I don't have the book right in front of me. I created that. (laughs) I I created the whole program last year. So that was another one of the things I did and it was just so beautiful and I would meditate and I would come up with that. But, um, Mm -hmm. You've been busy. I have been, but I love it. I love my mm-hmm. life. I really do. I mean, I have moments, but I think one of the things I'm realizing is that one of another one of my favorite quotes is, it's not about what happens to you, it's how you respond that matters. And so I've really been practicing responding. So um, anyway, each week I give the clients another section to work on, and so they're supposed to work on that section. And then... You know, I'll listen to what they say. I write down a lot of the stuff that I hear them say and then I bring it up to their attention and I, I want them to become more mindful of the words that they're saying every day. And as soon as they can start becoming aware, they start becoming aware of their self themselves when they're at home and they're like, Oh my gosh, I just thought that mm-hmm. and then I'm like, Well, how did it make you feel to think that? And so, you know, it's it's a fourteen week program and um yeah, so if, if anyone's interested in that, they can find me on Facebook or on my website, and they can email me
0: there. So that was com. Yes.
2: Okay, great. Thank you
0: yeah Uh, that sounds like something that Wayne would love um you know he was obviously in counseling psychology for a long time that's what he got his doctorate in so yeah he started out really coaching people like that about noticing their thoughts and sort of empowering themselves that uh, you're not a victim to circumstances you're not a victim to your past or to what other people are doing or aren't doing and Yeah, that can be really powerful. It can be really transformative. Um, I think about this a lot. They say we have 60,000 thoughts every day. The problem is we have the same 60,000 thoughts every day. And isn't that – there's something so sad about that, that like, oh, you know, it's true. And a lot of it is this critical self-talk that Mm -hmm. just sort of pops up. But if we can kind of slow down and become more aware of it, that we can go, oh, there that is again. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't need to listen to that. Like. I already know I don't agree with you so you can keep talking but I'm gonna keep doing right you know the difference between the, the the people on the sidelines who criticize and the people who are in the arena doing Right. and it takes a lot it takes a lot to step up and put yourself out there you've obviously done um, a lot of that so well and I'd love to share a story with
2: you because what changed my life um, drastically like I would say this was the point that changed my life I was I had been married to my ex-husband for 18 years. We had five children together and I was working three jobs, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And I was a server in the evening and I had a, I had a rough shift. I was going through the divorce. I was, I was in a rough place. And um, I remember how I really struggling with the energy at that night of work and I had been talked to by my manager and they were aware of what I was going through. And I was like, Oh, red flag, they're aware. So they're going to be making sure I'm on top of my job. And I didn't, you know, I I needed that job. (laughs) Yes. And I remember getting in the car the next day and just feeling this low energy And something shifted in me, and I just grabbed a hold of my steering wheel. And I'm not going to say it because I'm trying to keep this PG, but I screamed out, I'm effing amazing, like as loud as I could. I'm like, I'm effing amazing, but I didn't say effing. But um, it felt amazing. It felt so good, and so I screamed it over and over on my 10-minute drive to work. And after probably about five minutes of saying that, like my energy, maybe it didn't even take five minutes, my energy completely shifted. And from that moment, I started saying affirmations, but I didn't realize they were affirmations. I just went through everything that I had made a mistake on the night before. Like I forgot ketchup or if I forgot to, you know, fill somebody's water. I'm like, I always remember to fill up the water. I always remember to put in orders on time. (laughs) I always remember to do this. I always, so it's like, I was like, I was on this high, this vibration of just high. And I was like, I'm the effing queen of, you know, whatever restaurant I was walking into. And I walk in with my head held high. And that night was the best night at work. Like I, my energy was just amazing. And I started doing that every night. And then after a while, I didn't need to say it anymore, because I believed it, I really believed it. And I knew that instead of being this martyr of I'm going through a divorce and working three jobs, poor me, I was like, mm-hmm. I get to work three jobs, I meet amazing people every single day. And I get the opportunity to give them an amazing dining experience. And it totally shifted my perspective of everything. And it, it just it really is true. And so, you know, the very first time I went and saw an NLP practitioner myself because of some of the the issues that I was dealing with, you know, with with the divorce and triggers that would come back up to me and sitting in there for the very first uh, session with her and just listening to what this was, I was like, this is something I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. I knew it. I knew it in that moment. And she's a dear friend of mine to this day. And I just I'm just so grateful. I feel like everything really continues to happen in the order. And I and one of the quotes that I really, really love. That I'm sure Wayne Dyer said, because I've heard it so many times. But um, when the student is ready, the master appears. And when the master is ready, the students appear. So I've had many beautiful masters come. So I love being ready. I love being ready. <laughs>
0: you know, it's so funny that you bring that up because it was maybe sometime in the last two weeks, very recently, I had this sort of epiphany moment. I'd heard that quote a hundred times, and I always had heard it as, um, like there were these teachers, these masters that were walking around and they were doing their thing and like, you know, they're ready, whatever. And then when the student's ready, all of a sudden they can see them. Mm-hmm. But this time I heard it the other way. I heard it the other way that what if when the students are ready – the teacher comes into being, the teacher is woken up, the one who has the potential and the willingness and the opportunity to speak and to teach and to offer rises to that occasion. And I had never considered that Mm -hmm. before, but I think it really does go both ways.
2: Well, and I also think about in my life, if I would have listened to a movie or read a line in a book or, or whatever experience, I wouldn't have been ready to receive the message And yet now I am already and I can and I and it really gives me more compassion for other people too, to understand that we could be listening to the same thing and they may not get the message I'm getting and I may not get the message they're getting but Mm -hmm. we're getting what we need to be getting so
0: yeah, sometimes I can read or listen to the same thing that I've heard 10 times before, Mm -hmm. but I'll get something different from it because of where i'm at and where my energy's at and what's been happening in my life and you might just like something stands out or you just hear it a little bit different yeah yes totally i agree so let's talk about your music when did you first get started with that how did you begin writing and performing music i have always loved
2: performing um as a little girl i would see my older sisters perform in choirs and i I just knew like i I need to be on stage (laughs) it's just something that i knew i needed to do and um just started performing i was in high school choirs all and i started out as a music major in college and i actually went back to school as a music major when i was 27 i already had four children at this time so um, wow
0: you had your hands full i did (laughs)
2: but i was really excited and I, i studied music but i was thinking Being a vocal performance major, in my mind, meant jazz by the piano with just the sultry stuff. And that's not what it means. It means classical opera. (laughs) So it was very eye-opening, very (laughs) humbling. I have never been so humbled, but it was such an amazing experience. Um, singing opera in front of amazing opera students and, and professors and very humbling. I actually took a whole semester off and did a jazz improv te- uh, class with one of the professors. And <laughs> I just, I love jazz. I love singing. I love interpreting jazz music. Um, but I started writing and really started writing. Um, I think I would dabble in it a little bit, but the very first time I wrote a song that really came from deep within was uh, after a friend of mine attempted suicide in 2008. And I was so sad for her. And I lived in Florida at the time and she was in Seattle and we had gone to high school together and just lost touch. I mean, I got married when I was 19, and I had five children by the time I was 29. So, like, I was busy with, lo- you know, a
0: lot. <laughs> um, I only um, have two, and I can hardly keep up. So,
2: <laughs> well, they're growing up. My kids are getting older now. But, <laughs> but I remember sitting down and just wanting to connect with her so much that I just, I really sat down at the piano, and I said, what must she be feeling? And so I started writing this song, and I cried so much like i just i felt this depth from her and i shared it um with somebody and he didn't appreciate it and didn't think it was very good and just told me i was i was meant to perform and not write and so i was embarrassed by this and so i I shelved it like i forgot about it i didn't want to face it because i remember feeling so deeply in that moment and years came years went by and in 2015 my friend did die by suicide and she she had stayed around for a while. We had we had written back and forth quite a bit. And anyway, um, I was I was going I was going to go through the boxes. We had moved back to Oregon. I was going to go to her funeral. And I was I opened up the very first box to look through pictures from high school to see if I could bring some to her parents for the funeral. And there was the song sitting there at the top of the box. And I thought, Oh my gosh! Wow! And so I pulled it out. I hadn't even remembered it. I pulled it up to the piano and I started playing it like I'd never forgotten it. And i started crying again and i mean she had just died and i was just like oh my gosh and so i told her mom about it but then i was embarrassed i'm like no i'm not a writer i'm a performer you know And even though i had dabbled with writing music in those years i didn't have confidence in it i just thought you know maybe i should let the other people write but i knew i had things inside of me stirring and i just didn't trust it and uh it took me a couple more years and then i went ahead and finished that song and i recorded it and i put a video out kind of like the one i did for Um, you get to choose and this Mm -hmm. song was called Find Me so I think it's really interesting because I kept pushing it away and it said here I am again find me and um, I posted that video and coincidentally it happened to be World Suicide Prevention Day or Awareness Day or something and it just, it was, uh, the, the biggest thing about that video is I reached out to people and I had inspiration when I was taking a shower. I was like, I need to do this. And so I reached out to all these Facebook groups and said, I'm making a music video to bring mental awareness, suicide awareness. If anyone has loved ones or friends that have died by suicide, please send me their picture. I would love to add it to this video. And so I had about 50 people send me images and that was a hard project to work on. That still makes me cry when I watch it because every one of those people died by suicide. And I just, I part of the reason I do NLP, part of the reason I want to sing this music is because I know those thoughts that we focus on really do create our reality. And that is when I realized that it really did change my life because I thought, what do I want my reality to be like? And I really started focusing on that. And so I I wrote music to heal and I, you know, I just really started diving into the music. Now as for performing, um, I missed music a lot. I got back into it by going to retirement communities in two thousand ten and I wasn't playing the piano at the time. I was just playing backing tracks to nineteen forties music and I would just dress up in their dresses and I would, you know, pretend to be this nineteen forties movie star <laughs> type thing and I would sing that sounds like fun. <laughs> to my favorite audiences. Well, I ended up with a history major. I didn't end up I we ended I ended up finishing online with a history degree and I love history and I love music and so it just really went hand in hand and they are my favorite audiences so I, I really mm. wanted to heal through music and I would and in the Alzheimer's units people would remember the music and I would just they would light up and they would dance but they couldn't remember their names and it was mm. it was so many yeah. I mean I love I still love singing for retirement communities I mean my shows shifted quite a bit because I play piano now um, but yeah. I really I just started really I really started diving into music as I needed to heal more and it was, it was that, that was healing modality. I like to joke around that it's cheaper than therapy is <laughs> to sit at my piano, but, um, it's, and people and, say I, that about
0: running too, yeah. right? There's, there's a lot of things we use to kind of help self-regulate.
2: It is well, and I'm actually a cross country and track coach too. So <laughs> I do keep busy, but I love you running. Many and talents. I, well, just, <laughs> I, I love track. That was my, that was my friend who'd passed away was on my relay team in high school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, there's all these beautiful connections that keep coming back, but, um, yeah, so that's where I really started performing a lot. And then I didn't get the guts to perform with the piano until a guitarist and I had been working together and he he just said, I can't do this show, just you know, you're gonna have to be on your own and I was like, Oh shoot and so I went to one of my gigs with backing tracks and the lady, you know, everybody loved music, but she's like, I need you on more on piano. So three months later I went back and I had three hour gig on piano and singing and so it really developed that and so Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's been, I don't even know, seven years now. And it's just really, it's just more fun, you know, and it's getting easier. And it's just practice, but I I love it. So yeah, it's just constantly evolving. But I I do, I do want to write music that has meaning. I don't want to just entertain, you know, I, to me, words are so powerful. And, and honestly, the songs I write are messages I need for myself Mm. in that moment. Like, like I need this reminder right now. And so I sing it and I sing it and I sing it. And then it becomes one of those phrases in my mind. So I write for myself and then I just hope, you know, like I said earlier, that it reaches who needs it. And I really do believe that those who need it will find it. And I don't know how they'll find it, but those who need it will find it just like I found all of these beautiful books and podcasts and the things that I find, you know, so thank you for putting these podcasts out so people can find more wisdom, you know. Well, thank
0: you. Um, It's something that I definitely feel drawn towards, something I feel called to. Um, It wasn't planned. I kind of stumbled on everything, um, one synchronicity at a time, Mm. Um, but here we are, and and I like that evolution that you're talking about um, because it, it, it in, it involves like sort of being flexible and sort of staying on that pivot point and really checking in with with where you're at and where your passion is at that at that time um you're talking about music touching people and all this emotion that's that's going into it and i like people that are have dementia mm-hmm. will remember music and respond to music and it, it'll bring back memories for them that they don't have otherwise it's like Music is received in a different part of the brain. And I actually can't think of any better way to convey emotion than music.
1: Mm.
0: And what I love about you, as we're having this conversation, you're so emotionally open. And I know that there was a lifetime, a process of getting you to where I see you in front of me today, willing to open your heart and put it out there for everybody to see, for everybody to listen to. And what breaks my heart the most about all of this is that person who told you that you can't write, you know, just sing other people's songs. And I think that happens a lot, whether it's music or something else. What would you say to somebody... Who's getting that? Oh, you you can't do this. You're not good enough. Do something else, you're not made for this. What would you say? Well, I've
2: I'm a pre- pretty sensitive, uh, empathetic person, <laughs> and I don't like to cause conflict and what I at, in that moment, I buried it and I buried the pain. Inside of me now, I understand, that people who hurt people are hurting Mm. and so again i have more compassion for them and i would understand that for some reason that person might have been hurting or jealous or angry um it might have he he might have thought it sucked and that is his opinion and i know not everybody will love my music and what i do and i and i i'm okay with that I don't necessarily like reading negative reviews, but I do have to understand that. I mean, I don't like everything out there either. We have things, you know, what we're, we're drawn to what we need. And I do know that the things that we don't like are often because of something that's hurting inside of us too.
1: Yeah.
2: Not, not everything, but... So I don't know if I'd want to have a conversation with this person again, but I think more of an understanding in my heart of just understanding this person's coming from a place of pain. And... Uh, So here, for example, this was something I was kind of going through somewhat recently with some people that um, are dear to me and Criticizing me for how I'm living my life and I feel more at peace than I've ever done before and so I wrote this song called shine on anyway and I said, you know in the song It's pretty much you can think these things about me, but I'm gonna shine on anyway, and I don't need to fight with you I'm gonna shine on anyway, and so I was dampened, you know, years ago in 2008, and I, I hid my music for a long time inside of me. And then when I started writing, I was trying too hard. And now I don't have to try too hard. I just allow it to flow. And if it's not flowing, it doesn't flow. But I, I also really want to be in tune with with what I need to say and what I need to hear myself and that message within me. So like I said, the songs I write now are for myself. And so if somebody were to tell me that right now, I'd be, I'm I would probably say... I'm sorry you choose to feel that way, um, but I know what's inside of me and, and this is something I need to say. Now, if it was somebody coming lovingly at me, I know constructive criticism is totally different. You know, I have a friend who I run some of my songs by and she's so great and she's just like, okay, what if you did this or what if you did this? And so I know there's a totally different heart coming there. You know, it's not out of jealousy or bitterness, it's out of pure love. And, and I really love the image that we don't need to compete with one another. We don't we don't we just don't there's so much within each of us and we all have this light we just need to learn to shine it and shine it so bright and oh my gosh what a beautiful world that would be if everybody could just love themselves and shine Mm -hmm. that beautiful light within them but we're so caught up in these insecurities and we're so caught up in this fear and anxiousness and trauma that we've experienced in our lives that we can't always move forward past that so i'm grateful that i'm continuing to work through that i still have triggers but I'm really grateful. And honestly, I, I wish I could write a book about the lessons I learned as a server because I, I almost felt like I would think that everybody in the United States or the world should be a server for at least six months of their life because I think that they would have more compassion towards other people because mm-hmm. my goodness, you deal with people that are angry and mm-hmm. frustrated and, you know, complaining about this. And I would just, I would walk away, take a deep breath, know that they were in pain and just try to give them more love. It, Even if they didn't see it, I was just kind of try to remind myself to just love that person more. And if I couldn't get through to them, which sometimes I didn't, my very last day as a server, I remember this one table was really angry about something and they were just complaining about everything. And it was this misunderstandings. And I'm like, really, this is my last table. This is my last table of serving. Is this going to be how it ends? And, um, but again... You don't know what they've gone through. You don't know what they're battling. You don't know what they just came in from. You don't know if they're dealing with loss or stress or grief. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that makes me have more compassion for people. And um,
0: so, yeah. Everybody's going through something. And. Um, about all that criticism, you know, Wayne Dyer said, what other people think of you is none of your business. Yes. <laughs> and it's so funny because my managers said, gave me the exact opposite advice that I needed to manage, you know, the perception. It was my job to manage other people's perception of me. And I'm looking at him going, mm, no, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not really um, it. But I, I think it's universal that... We get rejection, right? Yeah. How many times anybody who succeeds um, gets rejected a lot? So, yeah, that was some really good advice you gave there about paying attention to the other person's point of view, mm-hmm. right? That that's just their opinion. It has very little, if anything, to do with you. Um, you know, don't take that as an accurate judgment of you or your work or your worth or your talent. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then not like trying, like like not overcompensating. Like you have to prove that you can that you can do this. That's really that's really good advice. I've
2: I've definitely had moments of that. Many, many, many moments. In fact, one of my clients reminded me of that quote a couple weeks ago. (laughs) It's none of their, it's none of your business what people think about you. But I love, I love, you know, reading. I read the Four Agreements a handful of years ago, and that was a really powerful book to me. And then I just finished Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty, and one of the Mm -hmm. things he said is uh, something he learned was the three cancers of the mind and it's criticizing complaining and comparing and so mm-hmm. i notice when i am getting stressed i'm like i go through the four agreements you know first in my mind i don't know if you've read that book or not but it's a great book mm-hmm. um, and then or else i go through that one am i comparing yes <laughs> am i criticizing <laughs> oh. am i complaining oh. so i mean i yeah, I, I love these teachers. I need the reminders. I need them told many, mm-hmm. many different ways. Sometimes because th- some days I'm I'm high. I'm like I said, I just come came off a of Tony Robbins conference, so I'm still mm-hmm. kind of on this high. Mm-hmm. A week You're later, buzzing. Yeah. I am. And then I was so looking forward to this, but there are days where I just I get knocked down, and I you know I I know we I think it's important that we need to feel where we're at and feel those emotions. I really think it is because when we bury them down, they're gonna fester and they're gonna come back up and and will hurt other people without meaning to, but Mm -hmm. because our pain's still unsettled. So, you know, just really allow ourselves to feel it and then when we're ready to heal and let it go. But that Mm -hmm. does take time, sometimes.
0: It can. It's a lot. You know, we bump up against each other. I think um, relationships are so challenging and also so beneficial because of that, because you really have to work on yourself in a relationship um, to keep that communication going, to kind of have an understanding of who you are and maybe where the other person's coming from and um, let them be free to be who they are and that give yourself permission to be free who you are. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. a there's a lot there. Um, I really love your music. I um, after I watched the the video that you shared of You Get to Choose, I went and checked out some of your other songs. And um, my husband and I were both really just like, wow, this is so good. And I got to tell you, I hear and I hope you take this as a compliment because these are two of my favorite artists. But I hear you as like a sort of. Um, combination of Sarah Bareilles and India Ari and they are near and dear to my heart. I know Wayne Dyer um, was very moved by India Ari and her song I am light and and she has that same kind of drive to put her passion and message into her music that it doesn't just sound good but that it's it's reaching us on a on a soul level. Um, and I know you've talked about this a little bit already, but, but if you could sum it up, like what inspires you the most as an artist? What is your mission or purpose as a, as a musician? Because you do many things, right? But as a musician, what is it that, that, you, that drives you?
2: Um, well, I think if there's one purpose that drives me in every area of my life, it is to help people understand that the light and the truth is inside of them. And if I can do that through music, through coaching, through life, transformational coaching in any way that I possibly can. Part of the reason I love working with the youth is because I can hopefully plant some seeds of hope in -hmm. their minds when I'm running with them, because running long distance is not always fun. So, you know, really encouraging them to do that. Um, But yeah, to help people understand and bring value to their life and to help them understand that the truth is inside of them Mm. and that light is inside of them. So that's yeah it's
0: not going to be found outside you got to go inside for that that happiness is what you bring to life you know your light is what you're what you're shining out and that the outside reflects the inside meaning you change your thoughts you change your life right Right. when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change that our perception is really everything do you have a quote of that somewhere (laughs) no i just
2: i didn't know if my heater just turned on because i just okay
0: (laughs) i just just felt like that sorry what was the quote that you said um when you change the way you look at things the things oh, you look at change absolutely yeah yes 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 yeah so much and um wayne dyer has inspired me so much and i love meeting other people who have their own experiences of that when did you first discover dr wayne dyer
2: it was 2009 oh that's um, right yeah my mother-in-law she was diagnosed with breast cancer and during those last four years of her life, she really dove into some beautiful spiritual teachers and we had been raised a specific way. And so this was a little new to me to hear these beautiful outside the box. Yes. But, and yet it was like, I was remembering something. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. it was kind of learning something new, but it seemed so true that I was like, I couldn't get enough of it. And I was like, and yet at the same time, I was married to my ex-husband at that time. So life shifted really quickly and we moved again and uh, we moved a lot. And so we left, but I remember sitting there with her at the table and she wanted me, she was reading Eckhart Tolle. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, but she was reading a lot of really beautiful spiritual masters and I know she loved Wayne Dyer. And so uh, watching the shift, that was that was the very first time I had been introduced to him. So.
0: Mm. He was so proud of that movie. I think of everything he did, that was maybe the one that pushed him the most. Um, mm. He was attempting something new in his 60s, and it wasn't that easy for him to show up and and perform <laughs> on camera, on cue, because, you know, it was a little bit scripted. He's not used to that. Yeah. But he used to carry those DVDs with him and hand them out to people, and the people that call in his radio show, he'd hand that out. So um, yeah, every time I hear that someone watched The Shift, I'm like, oh. Wayne is so happy right now oh, that it's like so good I mean i receiving
2: that I loved so my first like I don't remember I didn't remember his name then though and I just mm-hmm. remember thinking who is this gentle man like
1: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know if gentle giant is the right word for phrase for him but there was something so mm-hmm. beautiful and his light really shines from him and and I, I I think as with any of the teachers that I come across there's that pure love and when I talk about that light, We all have it. We all have it inside of us. Every single one of us. I really, really believe that we are all connected by that light. And I really want to help people find it because it's dimmed. It's dimmed through the pain. So I really want to help people realize what's within them. And I really believe that that's why Wayne Dyer was here and Louise Hay and Jay Shetty or any of these beautiful, amazing teachers that we have. I'm just so grateful we have them in -hmm. our life right now that we can read. And I know there were great teachers in the past as well. And I'm just... Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for them so that we can recognize that again.
0: We're all teachers, really. We teach one another. Sometimes it's just a comment. It could be a mm-hmm. comment from a stranger that will open your eyes to something or open your heart in a way that you didn't expect. I feel like we operate as messengers of spirit for one another, and when we're open to that, that really comes through. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're definitely a teacher as well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm still so a student, that- though. <laughs> oh, always a of student. course. <laughs> well student for life and yes. wasn't Wayne I mean wasn't Wayne and like all like if even if you think about like elementary school teachers mm. or anybody right they're constantly learning and then they turn that around and, and then they help others learn
2: I like motherhood that is one Oof. of the most humbling things ever in life the most wonderful mm. but humbling yeah they taught me how to be a mom
0: body mind and soul it all goes into motherhood um, yes it does yeah So what's next for you? What are you working on now? Um, Clients,
2: appointments in the mornings and early afternoons, coaching and cross-country in the afternoons. And anytime I have time, I'm recording my next album. So this song, You Get to Choose, is going to be on my next album. And... I've, I I had a list of all the songs I thought I was going to have on there, but I keep writing new ones. And so Mm. it's just exciting. I I just love it. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be inspired, great, bring it on. So I've written like four songs in the last month and a half to two months, and that's been fun. And I'm learning, like you were you know, saying, we learn all of these new things. So I've been learning how to record better. So, I mean, I'm recording all of this myself, so there's not supposed to be a disclaimer and sorry there. <laughs> but it's, it's not that, you know, I'm not spending thousands and thousands of dollars yet, you know, until the producers say, hey, you're amazing. Let's pick you up. <laughs> but um, I don't mind. I love doing it myself. I love mm-hmm. learning how to be creative. Now, could it be better? Absolutely. But um, I, am, I mean, I'm limited in, in what I know how to do. Oh, but yeah. I love learning how to do it. And my voice is amazing You can't wait instrument.
0: until you know it all no. to start doing it. Like, like, there's so much you can only learn from experience. Like, um, mm-hmm. I'm getting more into video, right? Yes. And <laughs> um, for those of you who may be listening to this, um, there's going to be a video version of this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, and I, I feel that too. It's like, oh, well, what if somebody was here helping me and showing me how to do it? It's like, no, you just have to dive in. And then it's like, it's less about, the, the end product and mm-hmm. more about who you become yes. in the process of learning and trying and yes. experiencing those things. Yeah. This <laughs> is the journey,
2: not the destination. You know, uh, one of the, I, I love that this just totally ties it in because one of the, I don't remember what I was listening to, but one of the things Wayne Dyer said that really hit me was don't die with the music still inside of you, oh, and I yes. know that he means that for any kind of whatever the voice is inside of you, don't die with that inside of you. And so, and I think it was back to Big Magic that book. And one of the things that really impressed me in that as well is finish the project, and then let it go, go on to the next, go on to the mm-hmm. next. So I'm I'm constantly doing that. And I don't want to get so hung up in trying to make something perfect, because what is perfect, you know, so mm-hmm. I just really try to do the best that I can in that moment, and then let it go. And then try not to care what the reviews are, just let it go. And those who need detach it, detach from
0: outcome, detach from outcome, Working on I had, it. <laughs> I had that written, on a three by five and posted on my desk when I started really coming out with more creative work. Yes. and that was something that I got from Wayne. Um, a lot of people say that, of course, but but it's so key because you can't be worrying about how it's going to be received mm-hmm. or what other people are going to think of it or is this going to be successful or what is going to lead to. Like, right. you just have to open your heart and let let it come through and let it be what it is. Mm-hmm. Let it evolve. Let yourself evolve. Yeah. Right.
2: And those the people who don't like it. That's their. That's their right to not like it. Yeah, I, that's
0: okay. I just need
2: to detach myself. So I am gonna. I wrote that down. <laughs> detach from the outcome. Let it go and post okay. that somewhere. That's yes. a good one. Yeah. I'll write a song. Been helpful for I'm me. write a song about it. <laughs>
0: I think you've got a lot of songs brewing right now so it's exciting that that this is such a a fertile time of creativity in in your world and um, I'm following you and I look forward to to what you come out with so thank you you for coming on today and thank you for um, sharing your music with all of us and what's the best way for people to reach you? So
2: I have a website, Deonbrooks.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm most active on Facebook on my Sarah Deon Brooks page, uh, kind of. <laughs> I need to get there and do some more music, I think, now that I'm saying that. But um, I am on Facebook, and I'm kind of on Instagram a little bit, but I need to work on those things, too. So, yeah, sarahdeonbrooks.com. And then the Intergard All in divine side.
0: timing, yeah. one thing at a time, no pressure. One right? step forward. Like, yeah. Yep. It's all happening exactly as it's meant to. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure to spend this time with you and your big open heart. I just love what you're putting out into the world. Thank you. Yeah, and for all our listeners, thank you for following Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life and telling your friends about it. If you'd like to connect with my guest today, you can reach her at sarahdeonbrooks.com. To learn more about this podcast, get links to the Facebook community, or to send me a message, please visit nadiadelacruz.com. I love getting feedback from our incredible audience. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Namaste. Namaste.